Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. And our Father, teach us of your Son. For you have gained access to us through him, and we access to you through him. So, Lord, we ask that the, the deeper knowledge of your son might give us a, a deeper sense of what it means to belong to you. Open your word to us, O Lord, and, and us to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Well, our text this morning comes from the seventh chapter of John. And um, this little passage in John follows a situation where Jesus had fed 5,000 on the hillside. That's just the men. They just counted the guys. So we didn't count the the women and the children. So more like 10 maybe to 12 or 15,000. And nobody can count kids anyway because they never hold still. So it's a nice round figure to say he fed 5,000. And then then he walked on water. And then the people followed him because they wanted free bread. They went to Jesus and they said, we want more. We We want you to do this every day. We want to have a handout. We want to have free bread. And then Jesus said, I am the bread. And he went on to say, and this sort of shocked them, unless you eat my body, drink my blood, you have no part of the kingdom. So when he said that, they started saying, well, this guy, he's nuts. They started to leave. And then he finally turned to his 12 disciples and he said, are you also going to leave me? So in the course of a rather brief period of time, maybe within the course of one week, he had gone from thousands of followers to almost none. And it's the fall. It's autumn. And they're preparing to go down to Jerusalem for the Feast of Tabernacles, which was basically church camp. Everyone would go down and and build a little shelter that replicated what they did in the wilderness wandering. And it was a wonderful celebration. And people from everywhere came to this. Joyous time. And he's talking to his brothers. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from the seventh chapter of John. After this, Jesus traveled around Galilee He wanted to stay out of Judea, where the Jewish leaders were plotting his death. But soon it was time for the Jewish festival of shelters. And Jesus' brothers said to him, leave here and go to Judea, where your followers can see your miracles. You can't become famous if you hide like this. If you can do just such wonderful things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers didn't believe him. And Jesus replied, now is not the right time for me to go, but you can go anytime. 
The world can't hate you, but it does hate me because, it, because I accuse it of evil. You go. I'm not going yet to this festival because my time has not yet come. After saying these things, Jesus remained in Galilee. But after his brothers left for the festival, Jesus also went, though secretly, staying out of public view. The Jewish leaders tried to find him at the festival and kept asking if anyone had seen him. There was a lot of grumbling about him among the crowds. Some argued, he's a good man. But others said, he's nothing but a fraud who deceives the people. But no one had the courage to speak favorably about him in public, for they were afraid of getting in trouble with the Jewish leaders. Then midway through the festival, Jesus went up to the temple and began to teach. The people were surprised when they heard him. How does he know so much when he hasn't been trained, they asked. So Jesus said to them, my message is not my own. It comes from God who sent me. Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or merely my own. Those who speak for themselves want glory only for themselves, but a person who speaks to honor the one who sent him speaks truth, not lies. Moses gave you the law, but none of you obey it. In fact, you're trying to kill me. The, cloud, the, the crowd replied, you are demon-possessed. So, it's been said that Jesus was one of two things, one of three things. He was either a lunatic or a liar or the Lord. Here he is with all the evidence people want and need that he's a lunatic, that he's crazy, that he's off in some la-la land. And even his own family in the third chapter of Mark, Jesus is in a house and dealing with some people and his family is outside and they say he's out of his mind. His own family. Think the man is abs absolutely nuts. And why would they think he's nuts? Except that he says these things, that he's from, that he's from God and that he's sharing what God wants him to share. And he's, he's saying these things like, you have to eat my flesh? And then he, he goes on to say, well, how would you think if I ascended again to heaven? Then in the eighth chapter, he, he said, even before Abraham was, I am. So he's making declarations of pre-existence. Lunatic. He's a crazy man. So he, he goes down to Jerusalem. He, he follows his brothers, and somehow he goes in secretly. I, I kind of wonder if he's wearing sunglasses and a Groucho Marx mask or something like that, disguise himself so nobody knows who he was. And then finally he comes out, and he goes and starts teaching in the temple. And so there he is, the, the Judeans, those who are part of the denominational 
uh, bureaucracy in, in the temple of Jerusalem, they're out to get him, they're out to kill him. And so on the other hand, there are those who just wonder about him, and then, then there are those who kind of like what he is saying, but they're afraid to say anything. They don't have the gumption to, to speak up. And so he goes and he declares himself. And in so declaring himself, they say, you are demon-possessed. It's our way of saying, you're crazy. You're a lunatic. You're nuts. That's one opinion about Jesus, that he was deluded. And in his delusion, not only did he think of himself as the Son of God, but he declared to others as he was going about his ministry, you also are children of God. You belong to him. You were born of him. G.K. Chesterton said, it has been proved a hundred times over that if you really wish to enrage people and make them angry, even unto death, the right way to do it is to tell them that they're all sons of God. And then he says, just one, one word, Jesus, because that's exactly what Jesus did. And he enrages the people. You are children of God. You have an accountability to God. It's not all about you. It's not all about your own definitions of power and structure and everything else. Ultimately, this life is really about your relationship with God. And ultimately, nothing else matters. And then there are those who think he's lying. That he's just saying these things to, saying these things to please people, to do what he has to do to perhaps get who knows what. But that, that he might be a part of this kind of system of just will to power, just getting in a position of power and authority just to get his way. Now, we don't know what that looks like. Somebody willing to, just trying to get a bunch of power for themselves, we, we haven't seen that in our culture at all. We never see that kind of thing going on here. Um, <clears throat> and yet, the reality of this is that Jesus, in order to get power for himself, would have to just be kind of going along, read the crowd, and then go along with the crowd. And when you think about it, anyone who wants to just go along, well, I, I, I've heard the a phrase that, that only, only dead things can go along. Live things go against. Live things swim upstream. Live things fight the current. Only, only deadness just goes along. And that which is alive discerns and goes in, in different ways in different directions. But that Jesus was a manipulator, trying to manipulate the crowds. And, 
and somehow faking his identity, faking his miracles, etc. Getting some, somebody to come up and pretend that they're blind and then heal them and then have that person go away saying that he was a fraud. A complete, utter fraud. So Jesus goes to Jerusalem, which is the hotbed of the political center of his, of his era. And those who were in power were collaborationists with Rome. And then there were the radicals who were trying to overthrow what was going on in the temple. And, and that this, this ferment of division and politics and everything else that, that was tearing the nation apart, Jesus wanted nothing to do with it. In other words, the voice of Jesus was not coming into some place along that political spectrum of the first century. His wasn't a voice from the far left or the far right. His wasn't a voice that, that was speaking from that political perspective, but he was a voice from the wilderness. He came in as a voice from the outside. And all of that, all of that talk, all of that rancor, all of that division was irrelevant to him. He went to Jerusalem, just didn't want to get killed, not yet because it wasn't his time. But what did he want to do? He wanted to minister to people one at a time through his teaching. He wanted to love them. He wanted to care for them. He wanted to get them to think about their relationship with the Father. That was his whole intent. And he, in doing so, put himself in, in grave danger. So his was a voice in the wilderness, from the wilderness. His was a voice that could not be identified somewhere along their political spectrum, whether it was among the arch-conservatives or the hyper-progressives. I have to admit, I've been reading a lot of G.K. Chesterton lately, and I find some stuff that's really helpful from him. He says this, speaking of the world of 100 years ago, which replicates the world of the first century and replicates the world today. He said, the, the modern world has divided itself into conservatives and progressives. The business of progressives is to go on making mistakes. <laughs> the business of conservatives is to prevent mistakes from being corrected. <laughs> the progressive rushes into ruin and the conservative admires the ruins. <laughs> Nothing's changed. It's still the same. I was stunned, flabbergasted this week, as perhaps you all were, that, that some who thought they were being courageous followed a woman into the bathroom and was harassing her while she was going to the bathroom, trying to get her to vote a different way. Somehow that's courageous, but there's no courage if all you're doing is coming, popping up off of one side of the political spectrum or the other. There's no courage in that. There's only courage when your voice is coming in from the wilderness, from the outside, when you don't have a cheering section somewhere behind you when you come in from the outside 
And somehow in the midst of all of the rancor and all the stuff, speak a fresh new word. A word of truth, a word that somehow breaks in, somehow reflects the reality that, that God is with us. God loves us. So Jesus was either a lunatic, a liar, or he was the Lord. He was the one who was going to make good on all that he said. His was the voice that came in from the wilderness. I attended a school board meeting back in August, and I had heard there had been quite a bit of turmoil in our, in our school board meetings. And I went in, and I know Kamala Patton a little bit, and I went over and gave her a hug, and she was so happy to see me. She said, I'm so happy to see a great big pastor here. And she had five sheriff's deputies there. I'd heard there had been some turmoil, but I didn't know what was going on. And then the speakers, one from one side, one from another side, one from the other side, one from one side, back and forth it went. And it was, there was some passion, but there was nothing, there was nothing, no, no real ugliness. And then a woman went to the podium. And she said, I have three children. My last is now a senior at Lely High School. And she went on to say how she just wants to make sure her child is safe in school. And however the school board needs to do that, she just wanted to make sure her child was safe. It was a word that came in from the outside. She wasn't part of one side or the other. She was just a mom wanting to make sure her kids were okay. And when she went to sit down, she was sitting about four or five rows ahead of me. Someone in a few rows also ahead of me said to her, why don't you go back where you came from? And she stopped and said, go back where I came from. I'm Native American. <laughs> and she sat down. I spoke to her afterwards. And I said, that was courage. You came in with a voice not on one side or the other. You simply spoke from your heart. And I thanked her for having the courage that she had. That's what we need to do is just immerse ourselves in the word of God. This this is, this contains it. God speaks to us through this. This is the primary witness to Jesus Christ. This is the best thing we've got. Immerse ourselves in the word of God to be a people of prayer, to be a people who 
know that when we have ourselves been in our own personal wildernesses in our lives, that we have not been alone there, but the Lord God has been wandering with us in our wilderness wandering time and guiding us. And even if we're in that wilderness wandering now, God is with us and he will guide us. We need to hear his voice. We need, need to be embraced by, by his love and his will. So that when we speak, we're not waiting to hear the cheering section behind us. We're just trying to speak what God would have us say. Why? Because Jesus was no lunatic. He was no liar. He was a Lord. He was a Lord of all, the King of kings, and the Lord of our lives, who loves us, died for us, and will greet us one day when we pass through the veil. Will you join me in prayer? And Father, may our lives, perspectives be lifted up so that we might see things more as you do. May we take off those red glasses or blue glasses. May we not interpret life through our political biases. But instead, O oh Lord, may we see clearly. May we, may we understand the love that you have shown to all. And may we thereby show love ourselves so that we demonstrate to the world that there is a Lord of all. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.